0: tell me if you remember. Me if remember no telling if you remember yeah i'll never forget i'll never forget yeah. welcome to the hashtag to scene podcast the show focuses on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations communities and events Hello and welcome to today's episode of Hashtag Cause the Scene Podcast. This is a special episode for me. Um, and so I really want to welcome and thank my guest, Alice Isabel, for the last minute agreeing to be a guest on the show to guide me through this conversation. So um, Alice, introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Okay. Hi. Um, I'm Alice Isabel. I'm a senior software engineer Um in a the IT org for a non-tech company, um, I'm a trans woman. I just came out at work. Um, I've been working on my transition for a little while now, but I'm finally going full-time, um, as we say, in my community. Um, yeah, I guess that's me.
0: All right. Um, we're going to start this conversation as we always start. And why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene?
1: It's important to cause a scene because we live in a society that's built on exploitation and abuse, that has exploitation and abuse built into every level of it. And that that exploitation and abuse is normalized so much Most people can't see it. And to make them see it, sometimes you have to get them outside their comfort zone. And that's what it means to me to make a scene is to stop and say, no, this thing that you think is okay, is fine, is normal, status quo is completely unacceptable.
0: Okay. Um, So how are you causing a scene?
1: Um... I don't feel like I'm doing enough to cause a scene right now, actually. I feel like I'm still finding my feet with that. Because as a baby Tran, as we say again in my community, as someone who has recently come out, who is still starting her process, most of my life has been spent in a haze where just surviving and getting through the day has been my focus. and. Now that I have the energy, uh, and that's not to say that I haven't done anything. Um, I used to be in a previous life under a different name involved in in, um, organizing an event for uh, sexuality and non-monogamous relationships specifically focused on um, black and people of color with a previous partner. Um, Obviously I like talking on Twitter since that's how you met me. And um, I think words are my main tool, but I'm still figuring out how to have the most impact with those.
0: Okay, so um, there's a little um, apprehension and nervousness in Alice's voice, but many of you um, who know me probably recognize that there's a little bit in my voice. So I'm just gonna, we're gonna start off by saying I fucked up. Um, I caused harm in a way that was not intended, but I know that intention means absolutely nothing. It's about impact. I wanted to have a conversation because I'm always pushing the envelope in this space. I'm always encouraging others to get uncomfortable with being, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, you know, I have to walk the shit that I talk, you know, and so, um, Oh, God, this is a Saturday. It happened yesterday, Friday. This podcast will be airing the following Wednesday. This is why it was so important for me to do do a um, postmortem or debrief what happened yesterday, um, because these are very... I still believe these are very important conversations. Um, and the fact that I fucked up, um, the thing that, that bothers me the most is not that I fucked up, but that my actions um, caused harm. So that is what was i I lived through it um and I really got to see um even as a black woman and I've been talking about the trans community for a, a while now um and and seeing them as as um individuals who are more marginalized than my, than myself um and I'm still learning um I'm still growing i'm still you know figuring this out and there was a conversation that it, that I wanted to have, and i didn't have i didn't couldn't figure out another way to have it, so even when i wrote the initial post or retweeted, I said at the top that this is, I knew this was going to be bad. I knew this was going to be awful. Um, And yet I still thought it was valuable. Um, And yet it forced me to come up with, and I came up with it last, this morning in the wee hours, a, a better, a more Effective and efficient, and less, and minim, and in, in, a way of um, minimizing harm, and having these conversations that I can share with um, what I came up with with the with the audience. So, um, without going into great detail, because I deleted that part of the tweet, I I was um, individuals in the trans community probably thought I was being obstinate about it, but I the reason it took. Really it took me so long to delete the tweet because I didn't wasn't aware that you could delete one part of a tweet since it was the the retweet that the whole thread wouldn't go away and I didn't want to lose the whole thread because it was variable conversation there um and I really wanted to um make sure and I don't want to ever and I'm tr- I want to be as transparent as possible and I didn't want people to think that I was editing anything or you know I was you know it was it was just a shit show on my end and um, I won't get. Into much about the initial retweet um, because that's a community of people who are not here to talk for themselves. So I'm, I don't want to get into that. But what I, the reason I brought Alice on was because she so spoke to my spirit about what I was, tr- what the question, she answered the questions that I had been, I couldn't even, you know, when you have questions, you don't even know how to formulate them because <laughs> you don't even have the, the words. Um, as comfortable as I am with trans community um i um like I saw Liz when i she did the podcast. I actually worked for a doctor who in Chicago was his offices were um where trans individuals came for their required um uh, mental health and taking their medicines and, and and hormones and all these other things before they got pre- it was pre-op kind of stuff, so I knew about the functionality of it but I've never been in your communities. Um, I have many, there are many trans individuals in my, in the hashtag called the scene community. And we talk about certain things, but when you don't know what you don't know, cause you're still learning, you, you're going to break some eggs. And for that, again, I apologize for breaking those eggs because I did not, um, um, yeah, I didn't mean to. Um, so with that said, it was the conversation for me the, the the what I retweeted to the to the the perspective of the trans community was a part of a thread and the reason I retweeted the whole thread again cuz I wanted to be transparent and not seem that I was picking and choosing the conversation. Um, yet at the onset it was um traumatic for a lot of people that 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 thread um, and that's and, and and what was frustrating for me was trying to articulate my again intentions don't matter and get to the core of the conversation that you and I were able to have was about um privileges that um white trans women have in certain spaces and how other people in other communities, this was Black lesbians, oh, I don't even know whether they're Black. I know they were women of color who were lesbian. I don't know if they're all Black, felt that, um, were feeling that, or were experiencing, I'm not even gonna say feeling, because I don't want to um, um, invalidate anybody's lived experience, were, have been sharing with me the trauma of that for them. And so I wanted to have this conversation because it seems like there's a lot for me on the outside looking in as a cis woman, um, there seems to be an infighting in the LGBTQ community. And I wanted to under- better understand that. And, and I've seen just not just with the, tra- just, just, you know, um, bisexual individuals saying they're being erased and just all these things that are going on. So I just want to have that conversation because my work is about creating safe spaces. And as an educator, I want to ensure that I'm doing the best that I can with the knowledge that I have to create safe spaces for as many marginalized groups as possible because we get there together, we don't get there at all. Um, And so... In the conversation you you picked up, and so I want to apologize for you because you actually had to read the whole thread to get to the part that you you actually spoke about, so I'm sure that caused you some trauma um and yet we were able to um so I just want to read a little bit of um, what you we talked about so um so the initial concerns were the Writer of the thread was was com- had comments about trans women being men and having penises and, and this um idea. That is not something I ascribe to. I believe that everyone has the right um to identify as they want to identify and I ha- and that is just point blank full stop for me. Um and Okay, so someone questioned me being an activist, and that's fine. And then it's and so I quoted, "Being an activist is being, is about being pro- proactive," because as I, what I saw from my own privileged cis hetero perspective were two marginalized groups, um, and they were and I was trying to understand what the challenge was because I had blinders on. I don't I'm not in that space, and so. I said, this is an accurate uh, statement and the reason for the tweet. Likewise, unlike others, I do not claim the term ally. What I seek is understanding. And I said, also, let me be clear um, that I have been putting everything on the line for this community by creating spaces that are for the most marginalized to feel safe and supported, which includes everyone. Uh, Not many um, in this space can say the same. So it wasn't me getting defensive it was just me saying, this is why I want this understanding, because how I, I really don't want, I saw the harm that just even bringing this up was causing. And you said, um, I really, really appreciate your work. But right now, it's hard to see, to see safety for people like me in those spaces, if calling us white men trying to evade women's spaces is a legitimate position to have a conversation about in, in your view. And then I did quotes, white men trying to invade." women's spaces. This is not a statement I agree with, yet it would be disingenuous of me not to share the entire thread or co- for context. This has come up so often between white trans women and black lesbians that I wanted to have the conversation. And then you said, in what ways do white trans women pose a problem for black trans black lesbians that white cis women don't? Because I absolutely understand that white women aren't trustworthy to black women but her thread specifically targeted trans women if the problem is whiteness transness is not relevant unless transness is what she was talking and that was just like a boom i was like that's where i was trying to get to um and i i in my head i saw the difference but i di- again i didn't have the language to articulate that that was um, what I was trying to say. And I said, thank you for providing the clarity for me. Um, for, um, thank you for providing that clarity. Because for me, that was the point I wanted to discuss. Are trans, are white trans women showing up in spaces and exhibiting the behavior of white cis women? And if so, how can how then how can women be protected from whiteness? And then you said, um, the behavior of cis white cis women as con- uh, contrasted with the behavior of, you're asking me a question, behavior of whom? White cis men or non-white women? And then this is when, I again, you blew my mind. White trans women act like white women who are trans and therefore c- women. White trans, I want to make sure I get this. White trans women act like white women who are trans and therefore subject to um dramatically greater policing of presentation and behavior trust trust trusted less rejected more they can we deploy white supremacy yes absolutely we can can cis supremacy be deployed against us also yes and i was like wow thank you for the nuance in vocabulary so i know i've talked a lot here but i want to give people the context of what this conversation was about um and 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 again, thank you for um, making the effort to to dig a little deeper into what um I was trying to get at um, although very poorly, and bringing these things up because uh, to me that is what was the key for me it is I'm hearing in from either women of trans women of color that they're being erased by white trans women. And now I'm, I was hearing from black lesbians. And so I just really want to have this conversation because I I, I call out white women often um because they the because of how they are situated between privilege and whiteness and I wanted to bring you on to have this conversation because I I'm not, I'm absolutely not in that space and I don't want to speak for that space. And yet this is still a conversation that need, I believe is valuable because we all need to be in these spaces together. And how do we manage so that the lived experiences of everybody is valued and we fight white supremacy together. (laughs) So, um, I don't even know where, you can cut, jump in wherever you like, but I'd never heard the term cis supremacy, first of all. That was like, whoo, that makes so total sense to me.
1: Did you say that makes so little sense to you? No,
0: that makes total sense to me.
1: Oh, total sense. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, there's a, a variety of different terms that different people use for talking about the oppressive structures around um, transness and cisness. Um, I happen to like cis supremacy a lot of times. I tend to like the supremacy constructs, um, white supremacy, yes. mm-hmm. abled supremacy, cis supremacy, um, partly, I think, because it's um, it's a little more shocking to people. People want to put that stuff under the covers. You know, mm-hmm. racism doesn't have the same punch as white supremacy.
0: Oh, yeah, you have people arguing about what racism is, but white supremacy is like right there. <laughs>
1: And what I see with this, this question of black cis lesbians versus white trans women is that it's hard to analyze the power dynamics between them. We, in most social justice spaces, are used to doing an analysis that's kind of simply hierarchical, um, men have power over women, white people have power over black people. Um, but when you get into multiple marginalizations, it's, it can depend. Um, do I as a white trans woman have power over a black cis lesbian? Sometimes. It depends on the context that we're in. Um, if we're in a context where it's easy to deploy white supremacy, then yes, absolutely. You know, um, I think that, I think that whiteness is very sticky and that no matter what I do, I could decide to side with whiteness at any moment. And that that's why black women can't trust white women. At the same time, cis women can choose to side with cisness and invalidate the gender of any trans person that they are kind of in conflict with at any time, and that's why trans women can't trust well, cis people in general, but cis women in particular are kind of sometimes an ally, but one you have to watch. The same way that I'm, I think black women probably regard a lot of white women. Sometimes we're allies. But it's hard to fully trust us because the infrastructure of power that white supremacy represents doesn't ever go away, no matter how much I'm a good person, that infrastructure doesn't go away. But So now you have these conflicting power infrastructures, conflicting structures of oppression that some of that I can tap into, some of that you can tap into, and we can punch each other with them. In a way that's not quite as simple as a white cis woman and a black cis woman in conflict.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I would also like to add from my community's side that there is some context to the idea that there is even conflict at all between lesbians and trans people. I would actually, I would first say that I cannot come remotely close to covering that. Um avenue, but there is a very heavy poisoned layer of propaganda on the idea that trans people are infringing on someone else's rights. Mostly, they say women's rights, lesbians' rights. Um, I didn't he- listen to all of your episode with Liz, but Liz knows a lot about this. Uh, Emily Gorsensky, who was tagged in by Liz to the thread, knows a whole lot about this.
0: Yeah, she spoke at one of my conferences and I'm actually trying to get her scheduled to come on the podcast.
1: Yeah, that would be, that would be really amazing. But there is, um, there is a well-funded conservative propaganda campaign um, funded by mostly American conservative think tanks and organizations that is explicitly trying to split up the LGBT political alliance. Um, Because that's how I say it. LGBT is a political alliance, right? Mm -hmm. We're not all the same. Many of us share different experiences from each other, but our interests are aligned. And it's very important for us to stick together because separately we can't get anywhere. And I... I believe that we should extend that alliance out to all marginalized people, which is why I work to fight white supremacy as well as cis supremacy and homophobia and all of these other structures of oppression. I don't think they can be effectively separated or fought against separately. Um, But yeah, there's, there is, um, there's a propaganda campaign. And I don't want to say that this particular person in question doesn't have her own perfectly legitimate feelings, but that the political environment we're in right now is one in which um, there's a huge conservative effort to push trans people out of public spaces, all public spaces. Um, Because basically when you're asking, should trans women be in the men's bathroom? You're asking, should they be anywhere that they might need to use a bathroom that's not their own personal bathroom? I can't, I can't go into a men's bathroom safely. Mm-hmm. The same reason that cis women feel uncomfortable in a men's bathroom all apply to me as well. Um, and so it's not can we find another solution? Um, it's it, they're they're trying to conceal the idea that trans people should just not exist. With with. Seemingly legitimate concerns. And so when you retweeted that thread um, of what is basically propaganda talking points, regardless of how she feels, these are propaganda talking points that every trans person on Twitter, every trans person on the internet has been hearing about themselves, sometimes daily, for years now. And you, you said traumatic before, and, and you're absolutely right. My My adrenal glands were going for three or four hours after that because it's so scary to have that propaganda imported into what I thought was a safe space. you know. <sighs> Sorry, <I'm laughs> the emotion actually is, is, is somewhat um, coming back. It's hard to stay calm thinking about this um, because it is a daily attack every day.
0: And I don't want you to censor yourself at all. I, I can take whatever you have to give me. That's why I invited you on the show. So be your authentic self.
1: It's it's scary. It's it's terrifying um, because because it's not just in the abstract. We know that cis people who seem like allies could turn on us at any moment. It's that it actually happens on mm-hmm. a pretty regular basis. That we don't perform transness right, and then we're not women anymore to them or men or whatever our gender is um and we don't we don't have that power like cis people have the have the power to say hey i don't really think you're actually a woman at any moment and most other cis people will go hmm yeah kind of agree with you her voice is kind of deep and you know and i know this is this is a similar dynamic to what happens with um structures of racial oppression, and that's part of why I see the fight having to be combined um, because while there are differences in details, there are so many similarities in the function of these structures of oppression and 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 to me it's so it's like. At the same time that I know I can access white supremacy to hurt someone else, I also know that white supremacy's end goal is my own elimination.
0: And mm-hmm. I talk about. I just wanted to pause a minute because that's that's why um, Cora Coraline at Ada Imkey. We talk about this all the time. We call it kin because um, we're not family because um, by blood, but our marginalizations are very similar. We talk. About, we talked about this, and so we call it kin. And, um, and, and I also say that white supremacy is a parasite, and for the first time, it's eaten on its host. And so that's what you just spoke about. Even though that's something you can yield as a trans woman, that same thing that you can yield can be used against you. And we see it in, uh, it's in Black communities with, um, with the level of anti-Blackness in Black communities. Um, where, you know, you, you go along to play along, play the game, but at any moment, the the rules can change or it can be said that, no, you're not playing this game anymore or, no, nope, we're ejecting you from the game and then you're um, like, what the fuck, you know? Um, because we're not... The game was not created for us.
1: No, it wasn't, and what I see is that because power flows from basically power flows from the top of the structure and the hierarchy. And it's not just that white cis men, white cis abled wealthy men have the most power as individuals, but that almost all power in our society at all flows from them in one way or another, you know, um, Somebody may be um, a black CEO of a major cor- corporation, but the funding, the board members of that corporation are not black. They're white, mostly men, cis men who are able, obviously wealthy, and so that that black CEO is constrained by the fact that if they if they don't conform to the power structure. That the white men expect them to they can be got rid of Mm -hmm. and so because that power flows from that source um, you can see it people who advance in the trans community very often do it or maybe always do it by to some extent compromising with cis supremacy and very frequently by also compromising with other forms of white supremacy with white supremacy with ableism Mm -hmm. um
0: and I want to thank you for being so candid and honest about this, because very few people have I felt and I don't even know you, but I just just felt that we could have this on this conversation. Because the next thing that comes to because I've had this conversation individually with um, um, some of my trans white female uh, women friends, but not publicly. Uh, and they talk about the, the challenges they're having, adjusting once they've transitioned. From presenting as white men who had privilege to white trans women who have lost privilege
1: yes that's um, that's a fraught topic um oh, for right. one thing okay, it, okay it, so
0: maybe I don't want to go down that road because <laughs> I think this is fraught enough <laughs> but I've had like three or four conversations with with um, white trans women about just privately about um because I can I can empathize thighs with being at that structure even though you may have been not living your truth um for fear or whatever um and then when you finally as you become a baby trans or you know make your transition I like that it's so 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 sweet <laughs> um um that you're rec- you're seeing some and uh, experiencing some marginalizations that you've never s- experienced before, and may not have the the coping skills to deal with those things because they're new.
1: So let me um, it it is fraught, but I do want to talk about it some. Um, there's a good chance if if a, a large chunk of um, trans women hear this that I'm going to end up dragged like most of us do for publicly talking about these kinds of community issues. But there's a, there's a question in the community that comes up very often. Do, did trans women have male privilege before they transitioned? And it sounds like you're kind of alluding to that, or at least that's, that's the condensed version of what you're talking about.
0: Yes. That's, those are, those are the conversations that trans women have had with me. Yes.
1: And so my view on that question specifically is that privilege is an inappropriate framework for analyzing the question.
0: Everyone in the Hashtag Call to Scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, Lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtagcacene.com an
1: for analyzing the question. Um, when you say male privilege, there is a lot that gets imported with that. What I would say instead is that there are some social advantages to being seen as male, yes. Simultaneously, a trans woman who is seen as male is experiencing very serious disadvantages. Um, And I was actually thinking about it this morning. The, The disadvantages often manifest... Internally, in the sense of overwhelming dysphoria, it's it's hard to. I don't know. Now I'm trying. Now I'm getting into describing dysphoria, and that's that's a huge, huge topic. But dysphoria made me suicidally depressed for most of my life. Okay. So I've been trying to build an engineering career while simultaneously suicidally depressed, twenty-four-seven, for years, mm-hmm. um, which is hard. At the same time, I know I am granted leeway in my failures because I'm seen as a white man. I can see both of those things happening. Um, And it's just, you can't analyze that in terms of privilege. Yes, there are ways that I was treated differently as an engineer because I was perceived as a white man than someone who wasn't perceived as a white man would have been. And there is a sense sometimes of surprise at being treated differently um, during and after transition. And um, for me, and I think for a lot of um, other trans women, it can be a strangely mixed experience because simultaneously when you're treated like like our society treats women, that means that someone is seeing you as a woman and that's affirming. Mm Mm-hmm. That feels nice, but also our society treats women in ways that are scary and disempowering and painful and traumatic all the time. And so you get to some extent, both of those. Um, now I feel like I'm rambling. In the-
0: no, you're not. You're you're really hitting on some things because this is one of the reasons why I like to define terms before I do my talks so and, and everything. And I define privilege as simply access. Um, and for me, it, it, take some of that because white men don't like to be considered that that mean that they have privilege. I don't have privilege. You know, I, um, I worked hard and, and for me, it's just simply without judging just who has access. Um, so thank you for helping me to, it affirms why I use that term because, um, when I talk about privilege, it's just who has access to resources, the room, the network or whatever it's not a, it's not what other people how they define uh, privilege and so that just confirmed it for me because that is the conversation I have had with um, my trans um, friends is although they may have shown up as quote men, there was so much internal struggle and pain and challenges going on and and um and 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 the dysphoria just uh, dys- just dys- dys- can't even say the word now <laughs> um and <clears throat> and that's that's something that i as a heterosexual woman have never had to deal with now i may have this it was the word this dys-
1: dys- dys- so dysphoria uh and it's actually gender dysphoria the word dysphoria by itself can refer to um, multiple different kinds of discomfort. So gender dysphoria, the phrase refers to um, sort of a mismatch between your internal gender identity and how people perceive you. It's Gender dysphoria is an extraordinarily complicated construct that in some ways I don't even like using. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, again, I thank you for um yeah
1: gender dysphoria is the word whatever it means
0: I mean I, I, I can tell you I'm going to stop here and say I'm quite humbled that you agreed to do this because I see the challenges and and I and I, I I'm available after this if you want to debrief and 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 because and, I don't want you to be painting after this conversation um and and I love that you when I said that I thought this would be a great teachable moment you agreed um and so I want to make sure that you're taken care of in teaching <laughs> because I know what it's like when I go out every day and do this shit on the internet. It's a shit show. Um, and I don't want to, um, bring that on anybody else without having to make sure that they're, they're taken care of. Um, and so audience, I'm not saying that for any reason to pat myself on the back, but that's just who I am. And that's just want to make sure that I'm, um, the harm that I'm causing cause I will cause harm. Um, I can mitigate it at at um, and what I was saying was, that is so, gender, um, gender, um, is so different than the because you spoke specifically to, yes, as a w- woman, it feels it feels nice to be recognized as a w- woman, but we women get treated so like shit in the society. Um, and that's where my this dysph- dysph- dysphoria, this more shit, I can't say the word. Don't worry about it. Um, ca- came from it was like not thinking I'm pretty enough, not thinking my body was right, not thinking all of these things. Um, and yet, I do recognize that again. When I want to talk about the word privilege, I had the the access I had was that was all external. It was not an internal. Um, it may it, it it may show up as you know in young women as depression and all th- these other things but i did not have a fundamental challenge with my outside not matching my inside which i can't even <laughs> can't even imagine
1: so from a clinical perspective there's a there's a difference between feeling bad about some quality of yourself where The best approach is to learn to be accepting of it and to kind of embrace and appreciate your own aesthetic, um, which works for a lot of people and a lot of those kinds of issues. You can learn that the images on TV of women and magazines and billboards of women are not the only form of beautiful and forms of dysphoria, like gender dysphoria, where you can't do that. Like the only proven clinical approach to gender dysphoria is transition. Now transition can look a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but so I struggle with both of those things. There are some things that I can learn to accept about myself, learn to accept that they don't make me any less of a woman. Um, and there are other things that I just, I just cannot do that with mm-hmm. and that I need the medical intervention. And it can be hard to tell where the line is. Sometimes it's experimental. You try it and see what happens, you know, try and learn to accept something if it if you never can learn to accept it, maybe it's time to change it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's sort of how i'm am where I am now.
0: <laughs> this is such a complex. and as I knew, and this is one of the things, um, again, I knew I was stepping my f- I knew I was stepping into some shit when I did it. <laughs> I knew it. Um, so it was calculated on my part. Um, what wasn't calculated was the the, the um I didn't see. Because I have the blind spot and because I have, again, I'm going to use the word privilege, I saw it as just as I always do in a hypothesis. And, you know, you put in A, put in B, and you get out C. Um, I wasn't thinking of all the other variables that I was blind to that would make the hypothesis um, or the data um, harmful to other people. Um, and. And so I wanted to talk about. So, like I said, I I, I really thought about this last night because I was like, after um, I think I, I responded to you. I was and a, a, another woman um, who was helping me out, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't regret having a conversation. What I re- was regretted was the process by which I had the conversation. And so I'm all about processes and strategies. So that's what I thought about all night. Like. How could I do this in a way that people are safe and people um, are are not traumatized? Um, And I'm having this conversation and I'm using myself as an example here because this is what needs to happen in our tech communities, in our tech organizations, in our um, every day. And people are not having these conversations. People are not getting comfortable with being uncomfortable so that we can ask and gain information and knowledge about how to move forward with this. Um, and so one of the things that I, I wrote out, and I want your um, honest opinion about this. So I said, "It's," and I didn't want to share with you before because I wanted to, so it's, I call it the rules of engagement. And I said, um, based on whose needs and safety are prioritized. And so I had three categories. So one is like a red light. So if, if it, anything about it is questioning humanity or right to exist, that's a red light, that's, that's, we don't have that, that's just will not be discussed. Um, and so that's, I saw that at, a, at the community level. Um, and then I said, lived ex- so the yellow light is lived experiences. Um, evaluate who has a position of privilege, um, oppression, ability to cause harm. And then dialogue is focused on understanding the lived experience, not on providing proof so just listening to someone's lived experience but not having them to prove what do you mean you've been oppressed that kind of thing and then the green light to me is um ideology or belief which is a co- a conversation um is focused on amplifying understanding uh, amplifying understanding and challenging white supremacy and dis- um, discrimination so I saw as as when you were talking about earlier about w- what the room is. And at times you can use white supremacy and I can use CIS supremacy. And it's about, about reading the space and about reading um, who need, what group who in the space is the most vulnerable and how do we protect that most vulnerable group? And um, cause I talk about it a lot, um, but I never came up with a strategy for it. So that kind of helped me, um, as unfortunate it was, I learned so much. so what are your thoughts on what I just stated?
1: At first glance, um you know these things are are complicated and hard, but at at first, listen, I like it. Um, I like especially as you as you just said, the focus on who in context is the most vulnerable right now um because if power flows from the top, we have to fight it by starting at the bottom. We have to look at who, who is the most vulnerable and lift them up so that everyone is on the same level. I would ask you, how would you analyze the situation yesterday in terms of a,
0: exactly. process? S- exactly. So yesterday's conversation, um, I would, because it, it would have been a red flag, it would have been a red so what i would have should have what i would do moving forward because i can't talk about what i could have done what i would do moving forward is create my own thread um asking the specific questions that i have um about because what i wanted to know were the lived experiences um and that's the conversation that i want to have um so remo- i would so the question of humanity whether you are uh, a male or female, not that's not a part of. Um, just like I would not say um, that a, a person wasn't Native American or or, or indigenous or um, you're not black enough, kind of thing. So for me, it, it it spans so many places where people are their very existence of humanity is questioned. I never want to do that. Um, and so if that seeing that. I I would have taken the questions that that conversation and other conversations had sparked in me and created my own thread um, and asking, um, hey, this is something I want to have a conversation about. I understand, as I said, this is uncomfortable, um, and then moving forward from there so that that I was not referencing harm. Um, yeah, and then yeah, that's how. Uh, And I I saw that as we were having the conversation. Um, And again, um, that was where I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to delete the tweet. But then I deleted the top and I was like, oh, the rest of it didn't go away. So I was like, oh, Um, And because I really wanted to make sure the the information that people even the challenges and all of it was not going away, that people could see um, what I was dealing with and what I caused. Um, so that's how I would have better handle. I would have handled that. And it's it's a nuance because even when I do my, when I do my conferences, um, and I'm very proud of this, I've had, when I look at the percentages, um, I've had, I'd say 75% of my speakers are, because only marginalized people can speak in my conferences, but 75% were either transgender, non-binary. Um, so I feel really good that I've created that safe space. And one of the things I do at the end of the conference is we get in a circle and we debrief what just happened so that people walk away safe. And um, I need to think about not only with what I just came up with, but how to debrief. And this is one reason I really want to um, um, launch the alliance that I want to, (laughs) because it's hard to have those kind of conversations online and not in a controlled setting because so many people can get in and start, you know, trolling and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's I said a lot to say nothing, I don't know, but um i've, I've been these are things I've been thinking about, I guess that's what I wanna. These are things that I've really been thinking about, and so yesterday's situation, although it was very uncomfortable for me, I know it was uncomfortable for a lot of people. I am happy I got challenged, I'm happy that people pushed back, and I'm happy that I learned um because if I wouldn't have had that conversation. Or that experience, today I wouldn't be having the conversation with you. And I still wouldn't know, have answers to the questions that I wanted. I still wouldn't have come up with a strategy. Um, and so that's the educator in me. Um, yeah, so yeah, I would have, that's how I would have handled that. And that's, I'm just really thinking moving forward, because um, I'm on the board of a new organization called We Pivot, and We Pivot is about uh, prioritizing the needs of the most vulnerable in the tech space and this is this is going to be a challenge for us because we're talking about sites all over the country how do you ensure that when you're not you're not there that the most vulnerable whoever shows up in that space that they're um taken care of and it's not um about doing that in a way that then they cause harm to other people <laughs> um because you know those roles shift back and forth but being able to train our chapter leaders, so that they understand and know how to manage this kind of thing. And so my hope is that it's scalable (laughs) um, so that we can really really create a space where we're moving together because it's going to take all of our efforts to get these things to change.
1: You mentioned earlier in the conversation the way that within Black communities, anti-Blackness is sometimes deployed on other Black people as, as part of the hierarchy in those communities. And I mentioned that the same thing happens within the trans community. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of trans women go make videos or go on podcasts and say something that some part of the trans community disagrees with and get a lot of flack for it. And that's part of why I'm uncomfortable with Sort of. This isn't live, live, but I can't sit and think and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite like I would in tweets. And and for me, living my whole life trying to make sure everybody is happy and sees the person they think they're supposed to be seeing at any given moment, um, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to put myself out on this limb. Where well, what I said is what goes on the tape, and that tape is going out on the internet where anybody can look at it and I can't delete it. Like I can do my own (laughs) tweets. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine, but it is an apprehension that I have. And that, I guess in some ways that speaks to what you're talking about with building communities where we can have conversations. Um, because, because as, as trans people, as trans women, um, and I try not to speak too much for trans people as a whole, because I have a specific experience as a trans woman that's not the same as everyone's. But as, as trans women, um, as trans women, we lose our thoughts like I just did. Um, there's so much fear of making things worse, of watching things get worse, that there's a sense that we can't fuck up. We're not allowed to fuck up because people get hurt yeah. when we fuck up. Ideologies that are trying to kill us all get promoted when we fuck up, um, and so I'm apprehensive about that fucking up. And it's not—it's not just something that I can overcome with confidence because it really is the case that we're in a dangerous time,
0: yeah.
1: and fuck ups that advance. Cis supremacy, white supremacy, ableism, hurt people that I love, yeah. hurt me, um, and so I don't want to fuck up. I know I'm going to, but it's like it, it, structurally, fucking up is really dangerous yeah. for people in either of our. It's positions. very. We
0: have to be very. And yeah, we have to be very calculated um, because uh, that's a, a definitely what I was feeling when I tweeted it. Definitely what I was feeling when I was responding um, because I didn't want to. Um, cause further harm or further marginalize, and it's and it's and um and so um, yeah. All I can say is I, when you said when I asked you and you said I'm not special, and I was like, fuck, yes, you are. Um, I want to thank you. I mean, I'm feeling I'm 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 getting really emotional right now because it takes. Creating spaces so that we can fuck up safely, so we can learn from them. And if the trans community doesn't feel safe enough to share, I never know what their troubles are or what, what how, I, I, I never know how I can help. I never know how, what I can do to amplify or what I need to be amplifying. Um, and the same with the black community, we don't trust, and that's why I say, yes, I don't trust whiteness, but it's not that I hate whiteness. it's about consistent <laughs> behavior that you can be trusted and 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 um, someone told me yesterday that she no longer felt safe in my spaces and i and I told her it was unfortunate, and yet I understood it, and I hoped at over time that would change, but I understand if it doesn't um and because that's just the work. And it's, it's this, this being completely vulnerable that is necessary, but to do that work, and I'm going to put a butt on that, but to do that work, we have to feel safe. We have to feel safe. And so, um, again, I want to thank you so much for being vulnerable and 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 trusting me with your story. Um, are there any last words?
1: I am one perspective, even among trans women. I am one single perspective.
0: Exactly, and that's what I made sure I communicated with you before. When you're like, I'm not an expert. I'm like, I just want to hear your story because everybody has a different perspective. And I intend to have more of these perspectives on the show. That's, um, because the more we talk about everybody's experience, that's um, the more... Inclusion happens because we become the norm, <laughs> um, and not some abnormality. Um, it's like, oh yeah, we need to bring these individuals, not even bring these. These individuals need to be at the table before we even just dis- dis- start discussing creating a product or service that could harm millions and billions of people um, because they have a perspective that needs to be at the table. So, thank you so much. Um, I am humbled. Um, You changed my life. And thank you
1: so much. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for listening. Um, I think I sent this in a DM at one point, but cis people who listen, um, I mean, y'all don't have to. Cis people don't have to listen to trans people. You lose nothing if you don't. So I really appreciate that you are trying this hard and putting this much effort into building spaces that are safe for everybody. And I I I hope I can be part of that get construction in the future i really that's because that's what i want those safe spaces and that alliance we all have to be in it together um it's all of us or none of us
0: exactly thank you so much thank you for listening to this week's episode of the hashtag call the scene podcast and i'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the hashtag call the scene movement of course we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the hashtag call the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcadacene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at hashtag call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.